Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. We are blazing through another hour of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Thanks for being here with us. And if you want to call in 800-282-2882, back of this hour, we'll take some more of your calls. Want to hear from all of you across this great country of ours. A lot of talk this week about elections, about voter uh, protections, voter ID, and of course, some crazy stuff said by Joe Biden in that speech. If you aren't in favor of their voting rights, that's the generic term that they use for the federal government gets to be in charge of all elections in all states and destroy federalism in the process. Uh, if you're not in favor of it, you're on the side of the president of the Confederacy, for example. I mean, really ugly stuff from Joe Biden's side. Not surprising. We've got someone with us now who has looked very closely at the realities of election integrity, both in the 2020 context and going forward, Molly Hemingway, senior editor at The Federalist with us now, also Fox News contributor. Her book is Rigged, How the Media, Big Tech and the Democrats Seized Our Elections. Molly, great to have you. It's great to be here with you. So let's start with this one. When you're seeing the Democrats get this whole uh, mobilization going on voting rights, acting like there's one never fraud, and two, endless numbers of people who are somehow being prevented from voting, but we never actually meet any of them. What do you want people to know? What's the truth of the election fight these days? Well, I think first off, it shouldn't be termed, it shouldn't be said in terms of voting rights. Uh, Nobody credible thinks that there's a problem with voting rights in a country where more people voted in the last election than any in history by a significant margin. The question is really about who controls elections and how secure those elections are. Democrats have spent decades really smartly strategizing about how to loosen security of elections and open up opportunities for shenanigans, shall we say. And they have put a lot of money and effort into that. And now they want to federalize that. They think that what they did in 2020 to destabilize the elections worked out well for them. And they'd like to nationalize that and make Nancy Pelosi the election czar of the of the entire country. So it's really important 
in this country that both winners and losers, and of course that changes over time who those people are, that they both can trust elections. It's actually the entire republic rests on that. So we need to we need to always make sure that our elections are secure and that people can trust them. Molly, the whole story here is a mess because it feels like Biden somehow thought his Tuesday speech was going to change the overall calculus associated with voting rights. Instead, he gets kneecapped by his own senators, Cinema and Manchin, saying, hey, yeah, we're not going to change things associated with the filibuster. But in a larger context, this whole story seems very strategically failed by to me by the by the Democrats, because if you look at recent Supreme Court jurisprudence as it pertains to states having the right to set laws as it pertains to their elections, there's no way, in my opinion, that these Democrat bills would be constitutional in any way at all either. So this has always felt to me like somebody sort of biking full speed into a brick wall and pretending the brick wall isn't there. What am I, I missing think, about this? Yeah, I think what you're missing is that the whole idea is a long con, a long game. They might not succeed right now, but what they're trying to do is move the window to get people to think differently about election security and to make this a winning issue you know, in the next several years. And this is another thing I think Democrats are pretty good at. They say something that's very extreme that has no chance of winning and might even cause some electoral problems in the short run, say limitations on gun rights. But they get over time more and more people adopting their perspective, and that gives them the weight they need to push to push for what they really want. I mean, everything they did in 2020, they claimed was for COVID relief. It actually had been stuff they've been working on for decades, decreasing the ability to determine whether a ballot actually comes from someone it claims to come from. Uh, it was something they've been working on for a long time. It wasn't just something they came up with during COVID. Um, expanding voting day into voting season, which incidentally is something the country used to have and moved away from precisely because we did see too much fraud when you expanded voting day beyond a single day into, you know, uh, you'd have different states voting on different days for presidential elections, and it did increase the chance of fraud. And so these things, these things have been flow, but the Democrats are very good, I think, about thinking long term and not just about the win that they can get right now, because I don't think they're going to get it right now. But they're thinking next year and beyond. We're speaking to Molly Hemingway, author of Rigged, How the Media, Big Tech and the Democrats Seized Our Elections. And to that end, Molly, uh, talk to us about the role, because, you know, big tech, we're often having these discussions about, one, the way that the censorship and the essentially the collusion with not just the Democrat Party generally, but with the White House specifically to suppress conservative and just alternative points of view is out in the open. They're demanding more of it. They're not pretending not to do it, which was the case even, let's say, five or six years ago. How did big tech change in your mind the course of the 2020 election and and what can we do about it it's funny because we talk about election laws which are very important and there were massive problems with it but it pales in comparison to how much big tech controlled the outcome of the election you might remember that when democrats spent four years claiming that the 2016 election was stolen that they didn't really have a case and like their big case was that it was stolen because Russians had bought a couple, like $100,000 in Facebook ads 
some of them for Hillary Clinton, some of them for uh, Donald Trump. That was enough to have the country be hysterical. Well, compare that with what happened in 2020. For four years, I think big tech really worried that they had helped Trump win by allowing him to go around the media and speak directly to people. So they started changing algorithms. They started deplatforming the most effective conservative voices. They increased um, the reach of leftist voices. They engaged in so much election rigging. It's unbelievable. I mean, just by way of it's like to take one small example, when Donald Trump would say that mail-in ballots were susceptible to fraud, something that everybody agreed with prior to 2020, including like the country of France, the Jimmy Carter Election Commission, the New York Times, Washington Post, he would be censored for saying that. And when Joe Biden said that there was like a conspiracy with the post office to control the outcome of the election, none of those tweets were censored. None of that rhetoric from anyone on the left was censored. And it was a, you know, a crazy conspiracy theory that affects elections. And most dramatically, also, you think about how they conspired with Democrats and other people in the media to suppress the single most important story of the 2020 election, which was information about the corruption of the Biden family business. There is no question that American voters had a right to know about the Biden family business, how it worked, who all was involved in foreign entities and the big tech companies you know, brutally suppressed that story. And, you know, you get, go back to that Russia story, you know, $100,000 in Facebook ads is a so, sort of horrible threat to democracy. But then you look at what they did in 2020, and it's just, it, it just is so much more massive. Molly, as you were about to come on, um, and we appreciate you coming on, I, I, right before the show started, I was looking at my Twitter trending tab section, and I'm not sure if you had a chance to look at this thread yet. But I shared a couple of days ago, we played on this show, the Pfizer CEO saying the first couple of shots of his vaccine had limited, if any, protection against the new Omicron variant of COVID. And he said that in an interview. It was with Yahoo News. It was distributed. Twitter took it down and said it was a copyright violation. I then put it back up. Some other user had grabbed it. They, they didn't take that down. But then they brought in, we're going to talk about this a little bit here on the show in a moment. They brought in a fact checker, Reuters, and Reuters said that the, the Pfizer CEO is be taken out of, being taken out of context. If you look at what they're doing right now, it is an unbelievable height of disinformation. Reuters uh, chairman, by the way, sits on the board at Pfizer. They are the official fact checker for Twitter. This is effectively a paid advertisement for Twitter masquerading as a factual fact check. This kind of thing happens all the time. How do we fix it? I'm not entirely sure how to fix it, but it is a massive issue. It's it feels Soviet what they're doing. Yes, they are limiting what people can say about things that we all see and that we all witness. They're saying there's one approved interpretation of events. I mean, it is true that people sometimes misinterpret things or take things out of context. The cure for that is people saying that you can say it in response. No, actually, this is what they meant to say, or here's what here's how that should be read. And people debate. And that's what happens in a free society in an authoritarian regime like the one we have now with big tech colluding with, you know, at the request of Joe Biden. He just yesterday said, yes, I ask you, my allies in big tech, 
please suppress information if I say it's disinformation. I mean, that's not a direct quote, but that's what he was saying. He decides what disinformation and misinformation is, and then and then you get suppressed based on what his views are. With everybody in big tech being almost everybody in big tech being closely aligned with the Democrat Party, this is a this is an attack on some of our you know most foundational values as a country that we have the right to pursue truth and that we can that we can do that by obtaining information and debating the meaning of that information. It is so un-American, and there's so much money in this, as you know. People are paying to do this suppression of information, and it's not just American companies. It's you know, China is heavily involved in all of this. It works for them to control the people and control the flow of information, but it's sort of not working because the one thing you know is that if something is fact-checked, that's a good chance that actually it's true. <laughs> Molly's the author of Rigged, How the Media, Big Tech, and the Democrats Seized Our Elections. I'm actually about to buy my copy in real time as I'm talking to you right now online. Molly, before we let you go, though, when people, as I'm sure they do all the time, come up to you and say that there was fraud in the 2020 election, what do you say to them? Well, I think that people need to expand their understanding of what happened in 2020 to be much, much, much bigger than fraud. And what I talk about in the book is how there were changes to hundreds of election laws to make it difficult to even detect fraud, to make it so that you couldn't have confidence in the results, that you wouldn't know if a ballot was legit. That Mark Zuckerberg, another way that Big Tech meddled, spent $419 million to take over government election offices and flood it with left-wing activists so that they could run the Democratic get-out-the-vote operation in blue areas of swing states. It was complicated. It was a conspiracy. Actually, even Time magazine admits it was a conspiracy, which they described as a cabal of powerful people in all these different um, establishment institutions to control the outcome of the election. So I think don't limit yourself to just fraud. It's much bigger much, much more coordinated and widespread and much more effective uh, in in controlling the outcome of the election. Molly, last question for you. Were you surprised that Brett Kavanaugh, you did wrote a great book about Brett Kavanaugh, that he flipped his vote for uh, the uh, the, to to allow the health care mandate? And that's kind of a two part question. Do you, based on your connections to the Supreme Court, think that Stephen Breyer is going to step down as Democrats are trying to persuade him to do by the end of this term? Uh, so there's a lot there, but um, yeah. a, I would just say it never works well to pressure people to pressure these justices to resign. It usually means that that's how they will stay there forever. I wrote in uh, the Justice on Trial with Carrie Severino about how the Trump administration was able to encourage Anthony Kennedy to feel comfortable uh, stepping down, which enabled yes. them to, to nominate Brett Kavanaugh. And then we also detail why he was chosen for that for that um position and it really had a lot to do with how narrow republicans held the senate and how they couldn't really put someone much more uh, strong than he was and you know we tell that whole story so i'm you know sadly not completely surprised but um but there were very particular circumstances for why he was chosen molly hemingway everybody check out rigged her book go get your copy now molly come back and hang out with us again soon thanks so much thank you take care Finding your way to a smart plan for your retirement takes time, information, and, you know, your own instigation. Protecting the value your savings account has and how far it'll go when you start to rely on it, that's your responsibility. Nobody's going to do it for you. So protecting it becomes key. During this time of fast-growing inflation, investing a portion of your savings in gold as one form of expression is key. 
Buying and owning real gold from the Oxford Gold Group has been my move. Oxford Gold arranges for real gold to be delivered right to your home. Besides being a smart investment, the sensation of holding real gold in your hands is not one you want to underestimate. It's pretty amazing. So if you think buying real gold is complicated, it's not. Our friends at the Oxford Gold Group are who you need to call. They'll explain it all to you. You can have real gold delivered to your home or have real gold as part of your IRA. Just a phone call away with the Oxford Gold Group. Call them at 833-404-GOLD and learn how you can have real gold in your IRA and deliver to your door. That's the Oxford Gold Group at 833-404-GOLD, 833-404-G-O-L-D. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Molly Hemingway is always really good. And like you, Buck, during that commercial break, I was like, you know what? I need to go get her newest book, Rigged. Because I think it goes directly into some of this big tech shenanigans that you and I deal with and see on a day-to-day basis that maybe many out there miss. I just bought and it. So oh, you did too. I just bought it on Amazon. Yep. Yeah. Fifteen bucks. Speaking of big tech, now we're giving big tech money uh, to go buy. I, I should have gone to like a local direction. independently owned bookstore. Doesn't matter which direction we go, they still get us. Uh speaking of it doesn't matter what direction you go. This I saw this story and I couldn't believe it, Buck. Masks make you more attractive 
This is what we were te- uh, we were texting. First of all, I I don't know. I'm gonna start off here by blaming any woman who is like, you know what, the guy that I want to spend the rest of my life with, the guy that I want to date. The thing that initially attracted me to him was the way he was wearing his mask. I just don't have kids because I don't want your genes to propagate any further. I think you have failed. This is an example of survival of the fittest. We can't have people who are making choices based on mask wearing going ahead and continuing to propagate the species. But, Buck, this is evidently a a, a thing that they're trying to share. I mean, I, I know people who have had, and this is not like I have a friend. I do actually know people. This is not me who have been on dates where COVID policy, whether vaccination or mask, has come up, and it will, the whole thing will come off the tracks right away. Oh, I, you know, I, 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 I know someone that, who said that she was out with a, with a, with a vaccine. Uh, well, let's just say she was unvaxxed at dinner with someone who was vaxxed, and that hadn't been explained beforehand. Dinner over. Dinner over. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, one of the girls that now works at OutKick, was dating uh, a guy, and uh, she found out he found out that she worked at Outkick, and she was like, "Oh, you're you're a, uh, he was like you're a Clay Travis guy. This is in the world of sports." And she said, "Yeah, you know, I work with Clay. I think you know Outkick is pretty cool." And and he was like, "Yeah, we can't date anymore." Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's <laughs> and crazy. I was just thinking to myself, can you imagine being such a beta loser dude that when the girl you're dating is a fan of somebody that you don't like, you're just like, yeah, I, sorry, I can't date you anymore. We're talking I mean, about a good, good-looking good girl. I, too, I do way. a better job of sifting out in the very initial phase now, Clay, but I will tell you, I have had second dates canceled because the uh, the lady... They Google you? Googled me, yes. That yeah. has happened to me. And, and it's not like there's any... I mean, you Google me, it's exactly what people hear on the show, but they didn't really know. You know, it's like, oh, you know, I, I work in media and I'm, I'm conservative, and, you know, they think maybe I'm like a like a nice... National Review, boat shoe wearing, yachting New England conservative. They don't realize, like, I refer to the libs as commies all the time. (laughs) Do you think it was her or do you think she told a friend and the friend was like, oh, my God, he's all right. It's the friend pressure. And they they say that you're all right. Or if someone even throws around the word racist in any way, just because you're a Republican and you're right wing. then it's all over. Not going to get invited to the fancy brunch at Pastis. Can't have that. Yeah, it's amazing. I think it, I think you're right. I think it's almost always the friends that ends up uh, putting that on the ice. But I, you know, been married for 17 years, so I don't have to worry about that. That's all you, bud. Uh, Mike Lindell, he's the inventor of my pillow and his team. They fit us for our own pillows, introduced us to their ever-growing list of incredible products. Products like their pillows that started it all, towel sets, slippers, robes, mattress toppers, Giza Dream Sheets on top of many more. You can trust Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Sheets are made from the world's best cotton. Giza, ultra soft, breathable, yet extremely durable with a luxurious finish. You can get them in multiple colors, styles, and sizes. And right now, for a limited time, the Giza Dream Sheets are buy one, get one free with the promo code Clay and Buck. All my pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You can go to MyPillow.com, click on Radio Listener Specials to get the Giza Dream Sheets. Buy one, get one free with code Clay and Buck, or you can call 800-792-3269. Get hooked up today with the Giza Dream Sheets. Buy one, get one free. Use the promo code Clay and Buck. Is Russia going in? 
question a lot of people are looking at right now. We're switching gears for a second here in the Clay and Buck Show, just for a few minutes, to international affairs and the possibility of war breaking out. Here's the headline on Daily Mail right now. Putin will stage false flag attack on his own troops as an excuse to invade Ukraine, U.S. intelligence warns. Russia's sabotage plan revealed as Moscow sends more troops to the border and Kiev, or Kiev, as some say it, is hit with a massive cyber attack. So we have over 100,000 troops built up already on the border, Russian troops on the border with Ukraine. It does seem as though there's a very real possibility here, an imminent one, of a Russian incursion. And this will obviously create a whole lot of, uh, well, first, national security challenges for the Ukrainians, because they're going to have to fight against a very capable and very serious Russian military. But beyond that, the Biden regime, which is already uh, belly flopping, it seems, every day in the pool, so to speak, is going to be in a position where they're supposed to lead some kind of international diplomatic consortium to hold back Putin. There's so much here I think is fascinating, Clay. For one thing, you know when the Russians took a big chunk off of Crimea, or rather of Ukraine in Crimea by seizing it essentially through a uh, what people view as a phony referendum or a uh, a fraudulent one. You know how they when they seized eastern Ukraine, it was when Obama was president. Oh yeah, this Tr- is this to me is the most interesting part about the Russian collusion disaster on many different levels. But Russia actually feared doing things while Donald Trump was president in a way that they have not when Barack Obama or Joe Biden have been in office. And so you're you're the international affairs uh, expert here. So how do you play this out? So if if this is going to happen, if Ukraine is going to be invaded by Russia, let's presume that they do it. The United States, because this is what they're doing in Russia right now, right? They are game planning, strategizing, game theorizing what the United States response and what the larger international community response is going to be. So if Ukraine is invaded, Joe Biden's first response is what and what ultimately is he able to do to stop this or in any way significantly censure this in any way? There's very little that they'll be able to do to either prevent it at this point if the Kremlin, if if Putin, Putin and the Kremlin are, are one and the same, right? He's running that country as an actual dictator and authoritarian. You, know, you, you heard this for four years under Trump. Yeah, Trump was such a dictator that any time some judge from the Ninth Circuit would be like, you can't do that. He was like, all right, I'll see yeah. you in court. <laughs> that's that's not how dictators work. We all know that, right? Um, but Putin is a, is a dictator, and so he'll do whatever he wants. If he views it in Russia's interests, national security interests uh, to do this, then there's very little that the U.S. and quite honestly, there's very little any U.S. president could do right now. If we're if you're really close to that decision point, it's unlikely there'd be much that would be done to sway them because nobody and this is important to say from the outset, nobody believes that the U.S. should put troops in Ukraine to fight on behalf of this country. And if you're wondering how clear that is, the Russian incursion that we're preparing for here would be uh, an escalation, really, Clay, of a war that's already been going on for about what, five, six years now, um, maybe even longer than that. Um, this goes all the way back to the uh, the Obama years 
when the Donbass region of eastern Ukraine was essentially a pseudo-separatist region. It was really Russian paramilitaries out of uniform who were saying, we are now forming the independent you know, Republic of Donbass or whatever it was. And so that this has been going on for a while. You've had Ukrainian soldiers in trench, actual trenches, trench warfare on the eastern uh, on the eastern part of the country where Donbass is squaring off against these these Russian backed or in many cases, actually just Russian separatists who have come across the border. So this is a this is going to be a, a very serious escalation of that conflict. But that's been going on already for years. And to your point about or the question about. What will the Biden administration do? Putin knows what the latte drinkers in Brussels and uh, and the rest of the EU will do in response to this. And that's very, very or the Hague, really. That's very, very little. Um, They'll have conversations about it. There'll be sanctions. But Russia is really too big to sanction in a meaningful way. The guys in charge there are so rich. How are you going to sanction them as long as they're selling oil and natural gas to countries like Germany in on a huge scale, sanctions aren't going to cripple this country. So that's I think you're going to see a lot of ineffective talk. You're going to see some countries on the Russian periphery, notably the actual NATO countries that we have. Right, Ukraine is not a NATO country saying, hey, you better put more stuff we next. With, yeah. Yeah. And so we, we, we need more resources. We want U.S. presence or we want additional help for our military there. Uh, but this is going to this is going to be a conflict I think could get. Uh, could get really ugly very fast. I know that's well, true I of think any that's war. The, but. That's the general American, I would say, response right now. We got out of Afghanistan after the 20-year basically disaster, and we left in as dispirited and pathetic of a way as was possible. So if Russia invades Ukraine and we issue some sort of diplomatic response in conjunction with other Western democracies, what's a worst-case scenario here for the United States if you're projecting out how things could go awry in a way that becomes a major negative, because frankly, most people in the United States don't know anything about Ukraine. We need to get your buddy on who was so good from Ukraine. Oh, Nolan. Again. Yeah. Who's been oh, living there. So good living there for you. We gotta have him back for sure. He's in Ukraine yeah. still. He's been covering this on the front right. lines. He was fantastic in trying to contextualize why it mattered. But from your perspective, what's the worst case scenario here? Worst case scenario would be that there's some. Uh, some consensus that forms in the national security and international relations circles of our of the current the Biden regime government that maybe we do need to put some U.S. troops. The, the worst case scenario is you have Americans shooting at Russians in any capacity yes. in Ukraine or over at least this is you know my opinion, my estimation. That's the worst case. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think that's, you know, less than a five percent chance of actually occurring. Very, very, very remote. Uh, but there is going to be because for all the 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 focus on Ukraine, there are other places where there could be this this playbook run again. This happened in um, uh, South South Ossetia and Georgia uh, in Georgia uh, and Abkhazia, these breakaway regions again that they're Russian backed. So what they do is they go and they find areas of Russian speakers on the Russian periphery and they foment essentially some kind of revolt or rebellion. Then the Russians deploy military force and say we're protecting our own this is a humanitarian or even peacekeeping mission and they, they call this uh, maskarovka which is the russian warfare by deception 
And they're very good at cyber. They're very good at picking people off and doing this. And they're trying to expand. The Russians are trying to expand their defensible perimeter against the threat of NATO, which they still view very much, Clay, as a threat. We just say, oh, NATO's a thing. They say NATO is a huge military alliance made to stop us. And we don't want them on our border. At least this is what this is Putin's vision and version of events. So I, I think it's very, very likely that you will see. Uh, a major incursion there and now you're talking about you know two developed countries with you know advanced economies and and technology going toe-to-toe the the ukrainians wouldn't be able to put up much of a um you know battlefield uh tank for tank fight if you will but if there's some kind of enduring insurgency that could actually happen that's where i think you could see things getting really ugly and if you want an approximation of this you can just go and see what it was like back in Chechnya in the 90s when people were like, oh, my gosh, the Chechnya was turned into a, a hellhole because of the fighting that was going on there. So anyway, I don't have a lot of there's not a lot of happy talk to be had. about. Yeah, this, but no I'm, kidding. We need something. A little, it's Friday. Jeez, Buck. Uh, in the meantime, you can use 2022 as a year to upgrade your everyday wardrobe. There's some happy talk that starts with throwing away worn out gear. You're still wearing every day, giving yourself the upgrade you deserve and lounge like a champ with Tommy John. When you start the year wearing Tommy John, you're that much more comfortable so you can do everything better. Tommy John men's underwear has breathable, lightweight, moisture-wicking fabric, four times the stretch of competing brands. With other 17 million pairs sold, Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics. We're proudly two of them. And you'll feel the same level of comfort wearing their luxuriously soft loungewear right on top. Tommy John loungewear, so comfortable, in fact, and good-looking. Mark my words, you can and will be wearing them everywhere like Buck does. I can get hooked up like you are. Wearing it right now, wearing a Tommy John hoodie and a Tommy John t-shirt underneath it. It's how I do my radio show as many days as I have clean Tommy John gear to wear. Get 20% off your first order right now at TommyJohn.com slash buck. That's TommyJohn.com slash buck for 20% off. TommyJohn.com slash buck. See site for details. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time... 
with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show, everybody. Appreciate you being here with us. Uh, we have Glenn Beck coming in at the top of the hour next. So he'll be with us at 2.05 Eastern on his book about the Great Reset. And we're excited to talk to him about that, especially as you see the libs aren't changing their minds about all the policies for COVID, right? All of a sudden, the control that they've enjoyed is something they don't seem to want to let go of, even though it would mean we could all breathe more freely Stop worrying or being around worried people less. And plus, we have the bottom of the next hour, so that'll be 2.30 Eastern. Rana McDaniel, the RNC chairman, talking to us about should Republicans play the presidential debate game the way they have in the past, where you have lib activists from networks like CNN and ABC and NBC getting to stack the deck in favor of the Democrats in a variety of ways. We'll get into all that in a second. Marv in Southern Ontario, Canada, has some thoughts. What's up, Marv? Hi, guys. Shield high. Oh, there we go. Shields high, sir. There Thank you, you for go. calling in. Oh, no problem. Anyway, um, I'm 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 great fans of both of you. A great fan of of Rush, um, Buck. I love it when you go on Gutfeld, and I think that if you and Clay got on Gutfeld together, you would tear it up. I think it would be awesome. That'd be great. We, we'll, anyway, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, I'm not, we'll I'm not allowed yeah. to go to New York City right now because oh I'm Oh, my gosh, that's right, but, Clay. But one day. That's right, yeah. One day. Yeah, you're uh, on an Yeah, I'll smuggle yeah, Clay in in a hazmat suit. I, I, can't enter the, I can't enter the island of Manhattan or New York City, any of the boroughs. But otherwise, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Be a bubble boy. Anyway, yes. um, I'm just calling in real quick because I have not heard any media attention. Uh, a very close friend of mine ended up getting uh, a Pfizer vax. Two days later, he's sitting having breakfast with his wife, and his left side of his face goes numb. Um, his eye starts tearing. His jaw drops like he's, um, you know, just got out of a dental chair. His wife says, you're having a stroke. He said, I'm not having a stroke. Um, he ended up going to ER, a neurologist comes in and says, you've got Bell's palsy. And he said, you've got Bell's palsy as a side effect of Pfizer. Hmm. Now, I have not heard this on the media, but if you go online and you look up Bell's palsy, your first five hits on an Internet search are going to be Pfizer side effects. Nobody's ever said it. Okay. Thank you. That, Thanks, Mark. Thank, so, thank you for the call. I, I haven't, Clay. I'll just just to, I haven't heard of that as a side effect of the. By the way, that's mean. That's me not 
disagreeing or agree. I don't know. I haven't heard of that before as a side effect. Have you heard of that before as a side effect for anybody? Uh, I, 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 I'm going to be honest. I am not that well informed on overall side effects from the vaccine because I didn't get the vaccine. So I didn't <laughs> worry right. about not what your the problem. side effects might be. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, uh, but we know that the VAERS database is overflowing with people who claim that they have had negative side effects from the vaccine. And those are supposed to be investigated and determined. I will say, there has been a lot of discussion, for instance, in teenage boys about the impact of myocarditis. That's one that I have paid attention because I chose not to get my my oldest son is going to turn 14 this month. And my wife and I have made the decision not to get him vaccinated. Certainly, I'm not getting my 11 year old or my seven year old vaccinated. But I looked into the risk for teenage boys in particular uh, he's not at risk from COVID from the vaccine. So I looked at that. Uh, and so I would encourage everybody to do their research. I think the what the caller's hitting at is a lot of media don't want to write anything negative about the vaccines at all. One right? thing that I will say I have noticed, and I thought about this because I, I flipped on uh, I flipped on Fox this morning. And, you know, sometimes you'll see and this is standard across all these channels. You'll see a, an ad for any kind of a pharmaceutical, right? A pharmaceutical that deals with uh uh, you know, uh, arthritis, wh- whatever it may be. And you always, it's always the same thing, right? You have people oh, kind yeah. of kind of like dancing on a beach and then yes. like riding horseback. And it's like, what does this have to do with arthritis? I mean, I mean, I guess you could maybe arthritis actually does. But some of these drugs, you're like, uh, apparently everyone's just dancing in fields of green and there's like yes. sunshine. And then they do the thing. It's like may cause, you know, headache, nausea, dizziness, painful yes. foot syndrome, like leaky guts. And it'll go with a hundred different things. That's our norm for all kinds of pharmaceuticals. I mean, even if you look on a bottle of Tylenol, you know, a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug, there'll be the may cause stomach bleeding, right? That's it's right there. Could cause stomach bleeding. I've taken Tylenol. I don't know how many times in my life. Never had a problem. Interesting that with the vaccines, it's like shut up about any side effects. You know, there's something different. There's something weird about that disparity. Oh, and they have no legal liability for them whatsoever, by the way. And also... Just it's the the very antithesis of media to be carrying water, which is what the Biden administration is asking constantly to protect the people in positions of power and their stories and not be allowed to challenge them in any way. And again, I think there's a big difference between anecdote and data supports. Right. And oftentimes what I think the media gets most wrong is they use whatever anecdotal story there is, right? That 25-year-old who supposedly was otherwise healthy got COVID and they died. It ricochets throughout all of social media, right? It's an outlier. It doesn't mean it can't happen. It means it's hyper unlikely, but it doesn't mean that it can't happen, right? And so I think there's a difference between using anecdote to illustrate incident that is occurring very often an anecdote that almost never occurs that is used to try to foment a particular narrative. And I think the media oftentimes fails that test. Sylvia in Spokane, Washington. Hey, Sylvia, how you doing? Great, great. Hey, in December and also in January, I went down to, uh, to Fort Worth, Texas and back again. And I'm a redneck redneck, but I'm old and I'm a little bit feeble. And I was only brave enough to wear the bat mask uh, as I came into Spokane, which which would have been the second time. 
and I said, uh, this mask is uh, is useless as Biden. And But I did get one hug from a stewardess, a major airline. Uh, other people looked at me, but they were afraid to say anything. Well, Sylvia, Clay and I are that sending a you a hug, too. fantastic story. Yeah, that's fantastic. Great stuff. Thank you, Sylvia. Uh, we've got our buddy Glenn Beck going to be joining us in a moment here. He's got a book on the Great Reset. What does all the COVID Fauciite madness have to do with the Great Reset? Glenn is going to lay it all out for you. Plus, bottom of the next hour, it's about 30 minutes and change from now. Should Republicans take part in the presidential debates as scheduled or do something else? We'll talk to Ronna McDaniel about it. Stick around. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 